Blog Talk Radio.
Muhammad, the Supreme, the All-Powerful, the one and only true Lord, and I'm in we trust. As the Republican intellect, the real 144,000 is being gathered in this day and time. The mentalists, the almond race, the bright race. Good evening, I'm your host, the intellectual new Vim and this is Mentelec Radio. And tonight we're going to be discussing the movable planet, the 12th dimensional movable planet known as Nibiru, or which I refer to as Nimbara. Is it really the 12th dimensional planet, Amun? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. One and the same. I told you that the 13th dimension represented movement on a higher level as well. Just as the third dimension represents movement on a higher level toward the fourth dimension, the 13th dimension represents movement on a higher dimension as well. But also, no, let me let me put it this way, dimension, I'm sorry, the 12th dimension is advanced motion or advanced movement of the movement of the third dimension. Because I said the third dimension, excuse me, the third dimension is the space of movement. The third dimension is the space of movement. Why is it the space of movement? For us who are the Amun race, the third dimension is movement toward the real reality, the straight reality, the real extension of power into the fourth dimension, the upper dimensions. And so we're going to reach another point as we ascend into the fourth dimension, then onward into the eighth dimension, then onward into the twelfth dimension, where a greater movement starts, outer dimensional. The, the twelve is one and three, right? Three, three that goes along with the lower dimensional three. Twelve is the upper dimensional three, right? Twelve is the upper dimensional three, is the lower dimensional, in which we're moving from and starting real motion toward the fourth dimension, the stage of power. So when we enter the twelfth dimension, that will be another stage of movement. This is why Nibiru, which was spoken about by the Sumerians and all of the, the, um, the uh, Sumerians, they spoke about the movable planet, the twelfth dimension. They were speaking about twelfth dimensional earth, where people, the Amun race, or as they refer to as the Anunnaki, will ascend into that space, that extended space of movement and outer dimensional into the 13th and the last dimension because the 13th and the last dimension is the state of constant power, continuous power, outer dimensional until we reach another dimensional shift into another solar system. That is what the 12th dimension is to the upper dimensions. It is a launching pad into the outer dimensions. That's why it's referred to as the 12th movable planet, the movable planet Nibiru, right? Because it's a place of motion. It is a space of motion, just as the third dimension is a space of motion. And the same way the Amun are going to be gathered in this three-dimensional state to move into the fourth dimension is the same stage in the future where they will be gathered to move into the outer dimension, the 13th dimension, Right? They're going to move into that outer dimension, into that 13th dimension to launch off into outer dimensional space, outer dimensional space. And they will eventually arrive into a space of greater dimensions beyond that. There are greater dimensions in other solar systems. The highest dimension of this solar system 
is 13. But 12 is the movable planet or the movable blueprint of this, which is extended Earth. Because again, Nibiru, the 12th planet or the 12th dimension of planet Amun, is the space in which a next bridge is met, another stage of extension is met toward the 13th dimension. And it is literally a 10 dimensional drop down into the third dimension where we, or should I say a nine dimensional drop down, right? A nine dimensional drop down into the third dimension. So from the third dimension all the way up to the 12th dimension represents what? Nine dimensions up. Who brought out and started talking a lot about Nibiru? And it's funny, the person who brought it out was Dr. York. He started talking a lot about Nibiru and the 12th planet and things like that. And it makes sense as why he started talking about that and the number he used was nine. He used the number nine in his teachings, and he talked about 12 as in the planet uh, Nibiru, right, the 12th dimension, which, again, is another reference to heaven or what the humans call heaven in religion, a space in which the supreme beings, the advanced beings, the upper beings, the upper dimensional beings dwell. This is above earth, beyond earth, lesser output of that, the lesser output. And in those upper dimensions is where we are stronger, more powerful, greater as the army. Our mental capabilities are strong and sharp, and they're regular to us. And who we are in our totality would take hold of this planet, and we would be considered the supermen and superwomen on this planet because of the dimensions in which we descend from. Now, when we come into alignment with those upper dimensions from the fourth dimension to the eighth dimension to the twelfth dimension, like I said, the skipping dimensions is real. When we come into that, there's a reason for that because we entering the fourth dimension have to channel a higher frequency of power in order to ascend into these greater spaces because, again, we're moving toward the twelfth dimension. That is the ultimate before we hit thirteen. Thirteen is a thinned launching pad into outer dimensional space where there is just space. There is no dimensions. There is no um, lines or limits. That's real space. There's no time in that space. That's real space. Right? And we will, those who ascend into that 13th dimensional state of outer dimensional movement, you will be magnetically pulled into another blueprint, into another dimension. Right? Higher dimension. Now, you now, in other dimensions, in other solar systems, yeah. There are higher dimensions. There will be a 14th dimension, maybe an 18th dimension in other solar systems, not in this one. Sorry, AF none. There's no 14th dimension here in other solar systems yet. And this is a greater ascension to those outer dimensions. That is real space travel. Space travel is the ascension into other dimensions. This nonsense the white man is doing within this three-dimensional realm of going up in space because he's really going up in space to try to find an open door to the fourth dimension. That's not real space travel. You see, 
because real space travel denotes that you're actually trying to leave a dimensional space of limitation and go into an outer dimensional space and then land into a greater dimensional space and time, higher dimensions. And you're not going to be able to do that with a spaceship. You will not be able to ascend into these upper dimensions with a spaceship with some rocket that you're shooting up into the air trying to figure out where you are, where you're going. The blueprint for here that became a um, solid space um, of time, limited time, time in a rotation, right, and a lunar rotation is trapped within that lunar rotation. It is trapped within that lunar rotation. The humans have discovered that, you know, I, you know, I'm going to give a good example of this. You know how um, you on a movie set and you see the sets that are put up and everything, and then you see, like, damn, how far the sets go, how far the sets go. Next thing you turn around and you go, I could tear through that set, and when there's nothing back, there's no, you know, that's the limit to the set right there. That's like the third dimension. They discovered that there's something beyond the third dimension. The fourth wall, as they call it. The same way, after the twelfth dimension, there's something outer dimensional, a shift that happens where we can go and enter into a higher dimensional form, a higher de- definitive state, where we will be entered into another blueprint. Once we ascend out of the thirteenth dimensional, comp- currently, planet Earth, which it will be ominous around that time. That's the ascension right there. Because ask yourself a question. Why would knowledge of a planet called Nibiru, why would knowledge of a planet called Nibiru be relevant to us here on Earth today? Why would that be relevant? Why would the life and the times and the uh, ways of a race of so-called deities, gods, lords, why would that be important to us here on earth today? And the theme of gods being over us in the sky, looking down on us, as in being in another world, looking advanced beings being in the world, looking down at us, that is the theme of everything here, the foundation of religion and all this stuff, that they are higher beings, supreme beings, beings or deities over us, overseeing us. Right? Why, why, why has that... Why has that um, thought, why has that ideology come to us of a high race of beings called gods and angels that are over us, overseeing us and whatnot? Why is that? Answer, because that's reality. Things got twisted out of, you know, position, out of proportion. Things got twisted out as to what it's supposed to be, but that's what it is. Even down to the devil being cast out of the heavens. And onto earth, because that casting out of the heavens met in the upper dimensions onto the three-dimensional realm. We, as the fallen, the 200 fallen, who were cast out of the upper dimensions and into this three-dimensional realm as a form of prison to oversee the animals and the dinosaurs to get this job, that was given to us because of our rebellion in the upper dimensions. We are all here because of our rebellion. I'm talking about the Amun who were projected here. We are here because of our rebellion 
and we are also here because we were forced to do a job. We didn't want to come do this job, but we did it anyway. And creation, the human race, creatures crawling about on the earth are the result of that, are the result of our work. We had the ability to create because we were projected from a higher state. And being the projections of higher personified beings or higher personified beings gives us the ability to bring about incantations and the regeneration of ourselves in greater dimensions and lesser dimensions. And that's all we did. But this story or this account of Nibiru as the 12th movable planet appeals to our people, right? Appeals, and like I said, Zechariah Stitchens did not write this. This text was always about, and like I said, they try to make it seem like Zechariah Stitchens was some white man who made up Nibiru and all that, but they know they already knew about that already, and they knew about the 12th planet, and like I said, they just didn't understand the correlation with the 12th planet and three-dimensional Earth right now at this point. They didn't understand the correlation between the two because why would advanced beings, and then they show you these advanced beings creating man. They show you these advanced beings creating man. That's the Amun race. When they're talking about the Anunnaki, they're talking about the Amun race create coming down into the three-dimensional realm from the upper dimension, some coming from as high as the 12th dimension. Right. Some coming from as high as the 12th dimension, some coming from the 8th dimension, some coming from the 4th dimension. So you had Amun Bing coming from upper dimensions, and what dictated who came from the highest dimensions wasn't who had the most or the highest or the most extended mental capability that lets you know that you had the Amun coming from different dimensions. Some were more advanced than others, just like today. You got certain people who are going to be more extended than others. It was the same way in the upper dimension. So when they came here into the third dimension, like I said, when some of them came directly into the third dimension, some of them stayed in the fourth dimension, some of them stayed and dwelled in the fourth dimension, some of them came down as far as the twelfth dimension into the fourth dimension, some came down as far as to the eighth dimension. Some of them, like I said, a good number of them stayed in the fourth dimension, and they were supposed to oversee those who were falling off those who came down into the third dimension. They were supposed to be the connection or the link between us who came down into this third, into three-dimensional earth. And they were supposed to be our connection from planet Amun in the fourth dimension. Those Amun being, they were supposed to be our connection. All right. They were supposed to be our connection. They were supposed to be our living power and our connection to our ascendance in the upper dimension. But because of what we did here in the creation of the humans and the animals, we went too far. We went too far. And we lost our connection to the upper dimensions. So this is where we are now. The reason why 12th dimensional or 12D, 12th dimensional Earth and planet Nibiru 12th dimension are in sync because the history of the Anunnaki, some of it here on Earth, why would it be put here on Earth? Ask yourself that question. Why would it be put here on Earth? Why would we need to see that or know about 
uh, uh, 12th, uh, 12th planet called Nibiru. Why would we know, have to know that? And why do you think it's, it's no coincidence that that account has been made popular? It's still out there and whatnot, and people are still talking about that. See, and, the, and the, yet the Catholic Church, the Christian, all the religious, dogmatic religions, they keep on trying to make it seem as though this is some mythological tale, creation, and things like that. But you have other um, so-called mythological tales of creation. You have that from the so-called Greeks and the Romans and the uh, uh, East Indian Hindus, the Africans. But why does this Sumerian account, which well, is really not Sumerian, but why does this not? When I say it's not Sumerian, meaning that those people didn't write down the, they didn't write the account or create this story. They basically were taking down the things they saw, that which was passed down to them, of the accounts of these Amun Bing being called, you know, in his book, Anunnaki, astronauts, right, who came down into the third dimension from the upper dimensions, right? Like I said, some of them came down from the... 13th, excuse me, from the 12th dimension, some came down from the 4th, some came down from the 8th, and this was their contact with this planet. And when they came down, some of them came down, some of them were able to uh, gravitate down to the Earth. They were able to gravitate down. Keep in mind, to come down is a form of gravitation. So when you go up, it's a form of levitation. So when we go up, it'll be a form of levitation. When the when the almond beings were grav- coming down to Earth, they were gravitating down to three-dimensional Earth, right? And they were supposed to again set up the working order here on Earth of the animals, the reptilians, and whatnot. Basically, give them orders to pull three-dimensional Earth in, in alignment to where they wanted to go, which was toward the fourth dimension. They messed up when they created the human race. You know, that was the big mistake. They messed up when they created the human race because they created something that was out of sync with nature. The creation of the human race was out of sync with nature. You see, that was a they represent a crossbreed, and because we produced a crossbreed, right? Something that's unnatural. It kept us out of alignment or it eventually got us out of alignment with the upper dimensions and that state of ascension toward the 12th dimension. So we had to end up going under the humans, right? We had to go up under them. And they were given access to all of our records. That's why Zechariah Stitchens and them found it easy. And you got a lot more stuff out there, the Atrahasis and stuff like that. Got a lot of stuff, books out there that they're going to start showing, telling you about where it's going to be more graphic and more detailed about what I'm telling you. They'll, you may use one or two different words, but they know that Nibiru, because the way they talk about Nibiru, they're not talking about some uh, uh, fictional place. They're not talking about some fictional place. The very, how detailed they are about Nibiru and things like that, you've never heard such details about any, because even when they give they get, uh, details about these East Indian deities and all these other uh, uh, deities and these uh, cultures, you can tell these are nothing but stories if you listen to them long enough. But when you listen to the account of the Nibiru, that's why I told you there's a difference between an account and, and a story. When you listen to the account 
of the Nibiru of the of Nibiru and the Anunnaki, you could tell you're talking about people, real people. Just by their movements, by their thoughts and things like that and their actions, you're dealing with real people. And they're sent into the upper dimensions. Because this is why in religion they teach that everybody that dies wants to go to heaven. They want to ascend. Where are you ascending to? Where are you going to? What's heaven? What's the ascension toward? That means you're going up. Going in a levitation lift up. So when you go up someplace, you never stop going up. When you are being raised, there is no such thing as the stopping of the raising. You're going to continue to go up. Because... Up is out. And up and out represents continuation. The growth into something. There is no more coming down. There is no more coming down. We have the ability to go up and out. And out into a different dimension. Out into a different state. Out into a different state of being. An extended space. And with that extended space that we're moving into comes a whole new set of uh, capabilities physical and mental capabilities, that is the levitational lift. We started to lose as we got in contact with the gravitational pull. So now we must endure that levitational lift, that levitational lift of state power, straight power, you know. And we are able to listen and we can hear that, we can feel that, levitational lift of power. This is why our mental capabilities are starting to extend outward and upward. Right? Because we're starting to extend toward the fourth dimension. And all this is being pulled by the upper dimensions, by the twelfth dimension, by the eighth dimension. Like I said, they're being all pulled. This is all a pull and toward the outer dimension. We're being pulled toward the outer dimension. Because think of this at school that we're graduating from. You go from the first grade to second grade to third grade. So we're going to continue to go up in grades, up in dimensions. And the dimension that is key is the 12th dimension. That is the greatest stage of movement. That is the most greatest stage of movement. Like I said, so much so they refer to it as Nibiru and the movable planet. Right? Everything is dealing with motion. Why do they refer to Nibiru as the movable planet? Where is it moving to? Where is it moving to? Where is it taking the people who are moving on it? Where is it going? You see, is it just, they'll say, oh, it's just going through space. What space? Is it going through space or out and up into space? It's going up and out into space. And what space is that? The outer dimensional space. That is the space they're talking about. So now, when you have to figure out, you know, how this aligns itself, even the number 12, right? Even the number 12, why did they refer to it as the 12th planet? They could have referred to it as the 8th planet, the 17th What difference would it have made? What would you have known? They referred to it as the 12th planet because that goes in alignment with the number 12 that you Israelites use, that a lot of people who are into witchcraft use the number 12, right, and certain things, even to, down to the clock and how they count time. 
even though our people put together the clock, you know, in time and figuring it out. But what is that state? What is that dimension? What is that state of power? It's that movable planet in which we are being magnetically pulled from. I'm going to take a call. 803, you're on there. Ms. Zach, I'm Um, My question is, being that Nibiru is the moving planet, uh, mm. is every other planet static? I mean, then, um, well, what you're seeing, well, I told you a lot of these planets that are, um, that you see, they are not livable planets. They're not livable. A lot of those plants are places where elements are stored at that could not make it to Earth or were not supposed to make it to Earth. That's why you'll see the ecological setup on these planets are off, and they'll tell you that they're not livable for life. They're not. They're not. You know, livable. You know, they're not livable for. You know, they'll say human life or people to live on. You see, because they're not meant to be lived on. So I mean. Um can they? They don't move like Nibiru does. They just stay there's in one no spot. Need, there's no need for them to move. There's no life on it. The only reason why a planet will move is because there's life on it. Ah, ah. So what? 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 What is the point? There it, it wouldn't be no point of this planet if we were, we wasn't living on it. There's no point in it moving. Everything that it went in, went through to terraform into what we needed to be was done for the movement of life here, meaning our life and what life, life we was going to bring here. When movement stops on the planet, then it dies. There's no movement there on those planets. Uh-huh. So they would uh-huh. use outposts to store houses for, you know, more for certain elements that were projected into the earth, projected into those planets that we couldn't use here. Ah, uh, I see. And uh, the movement that happens on Earth is that's like that's due to like the vibration of it, just um, just the vibration. What is it say again? Is the movement that happens on Earth that's just vibration of like everything? Is mo- that's how it moves? That's the vibration of everything that's being projected here. Keep in mind, everything is a trickle down, right? Think of it like an echo chamber. Everything is a trickle down here. Uh, uh, thoughts, ideas, speech, tone, all of that. Growth and everything is a trickle down of something higher. So what happens is when things start to trickle down into lower dimensions, it creates a vibration, and that is the pulse, pulsation and movement of the planet. Our life is the planet's life. We come in and we in sync with the planet. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. That's all I had to ask. All right. Menzak. Menzak. Thanks for call. Six four seven. Hey Newland. Um when I first heard about Nibiru, I heard that um like it was moving so far out of orbit from the sun that the atmosphere was getting cold and so the only way they found to warm it up was to basically get gold and get it into like a fine powder and put it into the atmosphere to warm the planet. And I heard that that's why they came to earth to mine gold and then they didn't want to do that. So they made the humans. Is that all true? Yeah. A part of it. Um, the goal wasn't, the goal wasn't needed for the movement. The goal
gold was needed for reception. Whatever elements they needed to take out of the earth, whether it was gold, iron, whatever was being produced in the earth through projection, they was using it for communication. They needed communication because all of those elements are used in the form of communication. All those precious metals that are stored in the earth are for the purpose of communication, thus meaning that it carries, like, you need, when you have, um, I say, when you have vibration going, you need a magnetic, something magnetic to catch the vibration as it's going through. So the precious metals become like the, uh, what's the word I want? What's, what's, um, I guess I could say it's like the subwoofer. Like it catches the vibration, and next thing you know, it's echoing out. Like a transmitter kind of thing, or something like the transmitter, but it catches the vibration of everything that's trickled down into it, and it's bouncing in and out. So the biggest thing that is needed here within the three-dimensional Earth, there has to be vibration here. There has to be tone and frequency coming from the upper dimensions projection in order for earth to live with this planet from the lowest point to live it has to live from vibration and tones from the upper dimensions and the elements are stored here to catch the tone and frequency and act as a echo chamber uh, um somebody help me out here to know um and the um, chat somebody who knows let me see let me see i know y'all gonna give me a good answer i'm trying to learn how to describe this um, like a, I say like a woofer, like a subwoofer, like a, a receiver. I guess you could say a receiver, like that. So the gold was used. Conductor. Was needed, that's like, good. That's good. Conductor. Uh, any, you know, in other words, everything that's pulled here, tone, frequency, transmission, whatever's here, communication is the most important thing within the three-dimensional realm because the earth needs to receive instructions. The earth needs to receive instru- instructions every every single second. That's why there's light that is coming from the sun here. It is messages, transmission is being sent here. It's being trickled down from upper dimensions into this realm because when that stops, then that means instruction stops being fed to the three-dimensional earth and then things start to die here. Mm, okay. Right. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Okay, thank you. Uh, All right, thanks. So yeah, keep that in mind. That's what the whole point of that is. That um, the elements are here as conductors of vibration. Right, the elements are here as conductors of vibration. That's why we have the knowledge on different planets and different um states or extended spaces because again Nibiru is nothing but an extended version of Earth that's all Nibiru is because if Nibiru was re- something really foreign to Earth what the hell we need to know about Nibiru for that just sound like you telling me about Star Trek or some shit it, it wouldn't even matter why would we need to know about a place why did we have to find out that information or intel why would we have to find it out because it's related to us it's related to us and then you saw and they, when they talk about the Anunnaki, you see how they basically show them creating humans, Earth, that they came from someplace higher. And they keep making reference to Nibiru, the 12th planet. All that is is extended Earth, a.k.a. planet Amun. 
That's earth on a higher dimension, higher realms, higher frequency, higher vibration. And we, as the almond race, we are there in those dimensions. We are there. We are in all of those upper dimensions, from the fourth dimension to the eighth dimension to the twelfth dimension and out into the thirteenth dimension. We are there. We live there. We have the ability to ascend there. The goal is to receive our power directly from those upper dimensions and from Amen, from our ascendants, so that we can ascend those spaces, so that we can start to take on our higher mental capability. And it's coming in already, telepathy, psychometry, clairvoyance, intuition, all this is coming in already. This is coming in. And this is altering everything in alignment to us. This is bringing everything into alignment with us. You know, we know about the 12th planet Nibiru because it was meant to make its way to the ones who are connected to those Anunnaki, a.k.a. those almond beings. That's us. We are the Anunnaki. We are the almond beings. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. The Nitiru, the Anunnaki, the almond beings, it's all the same thing. Describing the same people. And that's us. And it's important that we, you know, because this was, you know, they, they they really your so-called um, religious theologians and scholars and all these people, they really wanted to debunk Zechariah Stitches really bad because all Zechariah Stitches did was find stone tablets and things like that, which he really didn't find. They knew about it already. And he brought back the reality and the true breakdown of the Amin being and their connection with the human being. And you see in those records you see the uh creation of the almond being or the anunnaki creating human beings you see the creation from the monkeys or the lower life forms of creatures the animals into mankind you see it right there how they use their genetic too that's our that's our that's our account right there that's all that's all our account that's what that's how, that's really how we got here and how the humans got here. But of course, you know, the religious people, they wanted to call themselves trying to debunk it. Oh, that's not what real, you know, oh, that's Zechariah Stitches. They, they they want to sit up here and promote Jesus coming down out of heaven somewhere and, and all this nonsense off of a cloud. They want us to take that seriously. But here, the encounter, with extra, what they refer to as extraterrestrials who terraform the earth, they would try to make that seem like that's fantasy. But... But they just forgot one thing of that. And the 12th dimension makes way more sense than your your Jesus story and some God in the heavens on the clouds sitting on the goddamn throne and and, and a she on, on some clouds and a robe on. This is what they want us to take seriously. This is what they want us to take seriously. So they really didn't like the fact that the account of Nibiru and the 12th planet made its way to us, and then they, of course, they figure, now that that knowledge of, you know, the Amin being known as Anunnaki and the Tear to all the different names, once that knowledge made its way to us, and you still got people still talking about that today, and it's no coincidence that Dr. Malachi Z. York was the first one that, you know, brought that to us as so-called black people. 
he brought that to us. You know, prior to that, the so-called white man that was the only dealing, talking about Nibiru and, you know, from Zechariah's station, we didn't really know nothing. We didn't know nothing about no Nibiru. Dr. York made that flesh. And now I'm speaking on it. Because, again, we could have talked about anything. We could have talked about uh, uh, the East Indian God, Shiva, and, and all these other, and or the, or the um, Ogun and the ancestors and whatnot. Why are we not talking about that? Why does that not hold weight? Like the Anunnaki and and the um, and the um, human creation, all that. Why does that not hold weight? Why does that hold weight more and that stronger and the, that stays that resonates more in people's minds than this whole Brahma, Vishnu, and God, and Jesus, and the ancestors nonsense? Reason being is because that account is real. All that stuff is just some made up, thrown together stuff. All that other crap is just made up and thrown together and pieced together and the figment of some submental person's imagination. You know, images basically thrown together that they decide to put together themselves and try and convince people their God is real. And, and even in that, they try to borrow a lot from the so-called Sumerian story, they tried to borrow a lot from that. They tried to borrow heavy from that. Because, like I said, the truth always comes back to light. Reality always comes back, no matter how much people try to bury reality, reality always makes its way to us again. Reality always makes its way to us again. No matter how much they try to make it seem like Oh, you know, that's not real what you're saying. It is very real. It's very real, and they don't like the fact that that's real. Okay? Because reality, like I said, you got a thousand stories, a thousand stories on planet Earth about creation, about, you know, all this stuff and how things took place. You got a thousand. Why is this one still resonating, this story, thousands and thousands and thousands of years? Or why is this story still resonating today? And... Like myself, who is making it make sense in the connection with us, us who are the almond race, not the human race, us who don't look like nobody here. Y'all can't see that that Anunnaki, the almond, and the tear, it's all the same thing, it's all us, but the only difference is when I say almond, because a lot of you clowns don't come on here on the YouTube channel talking about, well, I don't see why he got to go back to Egypt, why he keep using almond, why he keep dealing with Egypt, look stupid. For you idiots who keep asking that. Now, this is definitely going up on um, 144, so I'm going to answer it for you. Since you keep wondering why I've been using Amun name, and I've been using it since I started. I told you that Amun begat man. Amun was not created. There's some created name from Egypt. Y'all just discovered Amun in Egypt. Amun goes back earlier than Egypt. Amun does not even start in this dimension. The name Amun trickled down into the lower and the lesser dimensions. It was trickled down. Because if you're talking about any form of God, a higher power, a deity, and that name makes it down into the present state, and we're saying that name to this day. And like I said, if you know, it's no coincidence that the name Amun stayed in, in use 
put into rotation here in the three-dimensional realm through the Christians, the Muslims, the Israelites using the name to seal off their prayers. And obviously that name made it to this day because it adds something much more deeper. There's something much more deeper than some society that are coming and going. Egypt is a society that has come and gone, yet Amun remains. Why is that? Because usually when a society comes and goes, what happens? They gods go with them, right or wrong. I want you to follow me on this logic. When a society comes and goes, usually their gods follow, yes or no? You don't know shit about a lot of those gods from those ancient societies that then come and go as thousands of religions that came with their gods and, and their deities, and you don't hear nothing about them no more. You see? Why is Amun still here after Egypt ungoing? Answer me that question. Why is that Amun's name is still on the mouths of all these Christians, Muslims, Israelites, Masons, Jews, everybody? Why is Amun's name still there after it, after it, after um, Egypt ungoing? They had other deities. They had other deities in Egypt. You don't hear nobody talking about Bess. You don't hear nobody talking about uh, uh, um, uh, um, I forget all them deities from Egypt. But there's so many of them. Why nobody talking about them? Why did Amun remain if Amun came from Egypt? Why did Amun remain? You see? Because Amun was there before Egypt. Amun was there before Egypt. That's why. You see? Amun was there before Egypt. You don't hear nothing about Thut no more. You hear nothing about Bess and all of them. You got to go look back in Egyptology or Egypt, Egyptian, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the name to hear about them. You ain't got to look back to get Amun. You ain't got to look back to get Amun. Amun went because Amun went past those because Amun was before that's before what you call in Egypt. Amun was before that. Amun was before what you call in Sumeria. That's, that shows you what stands the test of time. When words, certain words, names, and, and accounts stand the test of time, that lets you know they're real. Ain't that how you test out something that's real? What happens? You test it out because you got to see that it stands the test of time, right? In other words, it didn't fade with time, right or wrong. Ain't that, what you, ain't that how you test if something is real? Huh? Ain't that how you test if something real? You get a piece of gold, you get a leather, if, it, if it's gold turned black on your neck and your neck turned green and whatnot, you know that's some fake gold. You see, but if the gold is still gold after thousands of years and people still wearing the same gold, that gold is real. That gold comes from beyond that time. That gold was placed there in that time. That gold is beyond that time. That's the same thing with the name Amun. Amun is still here. Egypt is gone. For all you goddamn Egyptologists who are trying to talk about Amun come from Egypt, Amun does not come from Egypt. Because if Amun came from Egypt, then Amun would have been gone with Egypt. The hell y'all talking about, man? That's a race of people, man. We are the Amun race. Hail Amun. But you always got to have some contrary niggas, man. Let me take a call. Let me take a call. 647, you're on there. Yeah, Newman, I just had one more quick question because uh, you touched on it earlier a minute ago about how the humans are trying to get to heaven, which is really the fourth dimension. Um, is it possible for them to ascend there? Them who? The humans to ascend into no. the fourth dimension in any way? No. No? Okay. So all these efforts, like, you know, the Catholic priests that are secretly praying to, 
you know, bronze days and stuff, like all of that, nothing that they are doing is going to result in, you know, ascension for them or whatever they're looking for, going to heaven or the fourth dimension? No. Okay. They're going to remain in the third dimension. The only thing that's going to happen with the humans is they're going to get a regenerate. They're going to get a recharge as the gray race once they mix they seed with the black woman, which is what right. they're doing right now. Once they get another blast of yeah. mitochondria DNA from the so-called black woman, that's going to give them the ability to live forward into the future because the white race, the so-called white race, the so-called yellow races, and all those humans that are separate, they're going to be gone. And it's, everything's going to be consumed and consolidated into one race, and that's going to be your gray race because there's too many people on the planet right now. And when you hear the so-called white men talking about bringing down the number of the planet, they really want to bring it down to where it's just one group of humans. There's not going to be no more racism or nothing like that. At least, you know, it's going to be amongst them, but they're all going to be the same people, and that's going to be the grays. Right. All right. So that's all in vain. That's kind of funny because they really think they're doing something, especially the Jews. Well, it don't matter what they think. They they can think what they want to think. They already know their days are numbered. Their time will come. Their time is coming to an end. Every I'm not and I'm not just talking, I'm talking about all of these humans as you as the human race as you know it is coming to an end. Right. Well, good. I wonder why we kind of didn't. Well, maybe it was too late because they took over, but I mean, I feel like it would have made sense to get rid of them as soon as they outlived their purpose. Well, they ain't still, they ain't finished outliving their purpose yet, obviously, but they're obviously on their way to finishing outliving their purpose. That's why you see them and Joe Biden and tell you, they're they telling you right there, they're saying more white people are dying than being born. So once the recessive and the weaker races of people start disappearing, that means that no need for them no more and then the next ones who are on the chopping block of the people who are the less who are more more even more recessive and that's your Asians and then you going up to your to you get to your East Indians. So all those people are gonna just die off, you know, because again it's too much strain on the planet. It's too much strain. And mm-hmm. they go for a lot of these Negroes too who serve no purpose. They're gonna die off too. And a lot of them know the humans that they're getting a DNA upgrade, you know. Yeah, they're that's just why not you see quite them. realizing that it's it's going to be as a result of mixing with the mentally dead ones. Yeah, well, I mean, an upgrade is an upgrade. It'll help them in some kind of way. They'll just be able to use some of these people, like I said, you know, for Shaniqua, for, for Shaniqua from the hood, she get to have good hair, babies with good hair, you know. <laughs> that that that's okay. you know she get to you know. She'll she'll mix her seat with dirty ass Brad from the trailer park, dirty ass white Brad, you know, with his dog hair, and she thinks she's getting good hair grandbabies. So you know, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. Thanks again. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take another call before we do a break. Three oh three on air. Yeah, as you mentioned, um. With this twelfth dimensional um, Nibiru, I know you got a lot of callers in on this topic, especially. But uh, what is the correlation between like the tables, like you know, in math, as you talk about the not the um, the aquatic. In math, we have the table, the times table, and um, we have the periodic table and the elements. And then when we go to religious views, we talk about the 
Last Supper, which has to do with a table too. I just want to know. Also, the and they also, hold on, hold on, also keep in mind. You Notice know, you keep saying word table. They also talk about what do they say that the religious things are stored on? What tablets? Mm-hmm. Tablets. That's another way of saying table. Yeah. They have a square shape, don't they? They do. Mm-hmm. Because that is the preferred shape or dimension of this, you know, of this solar system and what's being put forward here. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I was just, I was just actually, I just flew over the city that I'm from, and it's just a, a whole square a whole square uh, breakdown. So, yeah, all right. I'm going to continue. Listen, thanks for answering that. Okay, no problem. All right. Thank you. We're going to take a little We'll be right back.
the ascension, just like the descension, is going to come in a massive and sharp projection and strike, meaning that our impression, our imprint, the same way you stamp something in there is a force. There's an imprint. You know how you stamp something like you stamp your name or something that's on a permanent stamp. You stamp it in and make an impression somewhere. It's the same way we made the impression upon the earth and how we had to go through things, painful things, to make an impression in this life. It's the same way we're going to have to go through things as we're going through them now to make an impression going forward into the fourth dimension. And getting to that point, where we are levitating upward as we gravitate it downward is a state of higher ascension, a state of higher being. And in that state of higher ascension and higher being, that is the reality of power, the reality of reception. Because communication, thought, and our physical appearance echoes the imprint of our lives and who we are, who we came here to be. The 12th dimension is a picture into our future state, into our future world. The 12th dimension, Nibiru, was meant to be a, how I want to say, it was meant to be a um, preview of what we can expect going forward. That's the best way. We got a chance to see the future in the past so that we know that we're on the right path in the present we got a chance what i mean by that we got we got a chance to see the future in the past when the sumerian tablets came onto the earth when the sumerians was recording the accounts of the anunnaki coming into earth and talking about the 12th planet nibiru and things like that you got to ask yourself why did these beings give knowledge of themselves, higher advanced knowledge of themselves to these humans and to these people who were earthbound. Why did they give knowledge to those people? Why did they give knowledge to the people who were Sumerian, who were earthbound people? Why did they give knowledge to those people? Answer, because they were laying an imprint or an impression for the elect to eventually find those accounts and link themselves to those accounts and know that you are part of those accounts, that you are the main characters in those accounts. You are the main characters. You are the main personification of persons in those accounts, I should say. You see? So they, you know, as as the as the um, Sumerians, because I'm going to tell you something, a lot of this stuff how the Sumerians recorded the Anunnaki with beards and looking a certain way and whatnot and, you know, the wings and stuff, you know, that was their only way of describing what they saw or what they thought it was supposed to be. You know, what we get from that is beings who, who could fly, beings who take off in, in, in the air and flight, beings who were highly intelligent, who was like scientists and things like that. That's what we get now, the future reality of those Anunnaki, because see those beings that you see on the wall, those are all future beings. Those are our ascendants. Those are future beings. You see? 
trying and, and you got people of the past trying to describe things of the future. That's why I said our future was presented in our past so that we know where we're headed in the present. You see, because really those records and those things were really for us to see now and thus be able to decipher and break down and know that this fits into that this fits into the 12th dimension of earth that this fits in again you're not going to give nobody knowledge of your planet and your because like i said they said their connection with the human race is that they created the human race so in fact they're saying they are the gods or the creators of the human race you anunnaki which is another way of saying the Amun race. Then he tell you all these names they were given over time. That's all. You can see people try to make things a lot deeper than what they are. And like I said, we came here to simplify it tonight. This ain't no belief. It's not no uh, uh, something I'm trying to get you to believe, another doctrine or nothing like that. We don't do doctrines. We don't do beliefs. We make sense, logic, and rationale of any and anything that's told to us. And we and based on whether it makes sense or not, that's how we know it's BS, a bunch of lies, versus whether it is real, it is true for the reality. So Nibiru as the 12th movable planet, as I explained to you, makes all the sense in the world as we are in motion right now in the three-dimensional realm headed toward the fourth dimension that's the complete space because in the 12th dimension that is the final stage toward the complete space because that is the motion of our lives to eventually ascend beyond these current dimensions the highest being the 13th dimension and outward into another space into another state even if we come back and forth and whatnot, whatever we are, to be able to come in and out, that represents the ascension. And then that ascension, that ascension becomes regular to us. That ascension is going to become regular to us. It's not going to be seen as anything special because that's just what we do. Just like, you know, if a person in the past look at our lives right now, they'll be blown away. Somebody likes to say a hundred years back, look at how we live in now. They'd be blown away. They couldn't handle it two hundred years ago. They're looking at the future of what is now. So you imagine we getting that knowledge about a race of deities, God beings who flew down here and created humans and they were more advanced than humans. So when you got that knowledge and the white and the, and the white man's funny, he tries to debunk that knowledge and say, Oh, that's BS but then he got pictures of Jesus with wings on his back with pictures with angels on their back, but they white. So they it's okay, that knowledge is real. They built a damn Catholic church off of that, a Christian church, a Baptist church, a damn they done built religions off of this where they got millions of people following them. But when we state the logical and rational explanation of it, then all of a sudden Oh, that's not real. That's not true. Zechariah Stitchens. This ain't got nothing to do with Zechariah Stitchens. This ain't got nothing to do with it. And you're never going to hear this breakdown like you're hearing right now, how 12th dimensional Earth and the 12th dimensional planet Nibiru, you know, are in alignment, or the 12th planet Nibiru and 12th dimensional, 12th dimensional Earth, a.k.a. planet Amun, really they are the same thing. It's all the same thing. That's all. Those Anunnaki that they're talking about in the 12th dimension are our ascendants, the Amun. Did they come down to earth? Yes, they did. 
into three dimensional earth? Yes, they did. Is anything is when we're going up into the fourth dimension? Is that not representing Amen? Yes, it is. Why? Because the Amen, and when you go into the fourth dimension, the Amen are in power. They are in power on earth. As you're headed toward the fourth dimension, they are the ones in power. There's no more humans in control after this. That's it. That's it. You got the rays and the ground rays, a.k.a. the grays. That's it. That's why when uh, the, the, when the lady called in, she was like, oh, wait, can they ascend onto it? No, they cannot. No, they cannot. Because, again, when you're created in a frequency, in an odd frequency, when you're created in an odd space, when you are just created and you're not a natural projection, there is no ascension for you. You're going to stay within that three-dimensional realm. They will just rotate in the state of infinity as the gray race. They will continue to rotate until the Amun decide to do something else with them. Maybe destroy them altogether. Maybe increase the Amun race in this whole planet or this whole state of Amun. That's a possibility. Again, they make they make reference of it as a you know in the burial as a movable planet. And they said, well, movable planet. Well, hey, they said that's crazy, right? Didn't they say Earth was a movable planet? Ain't don't they say that? Don't, ain't they saying Earth wrote? Don't they say Earth is in rotation? And don't the white man say that? So then, if that if if the Earth, according to the white man, is ro- ro- um, rotating fast around and spinning around such as such, then why is it crazy to talk about a movable planet? Why is that crazy? Like a ship, right? Yeah, a ship, as in shipping something someplace, sending, sending something. Whether it be shipping off messages, sending messages, sending people, sending reception, sending transmission. Yeah, they are, they are a spaceship, a space where things are shipped from. That's a spaceship, a space where things are shipped from, a.k.a. projected from. That is a ship. Their images were projected from that higher dimension down into the lesser and lower dimensions, from the 12th dimension down to the third dimension, Right? Both equal in three. That is a ship. And a ship in something, when you send it, causes a shift or a tear in something. Right? Because work is being performed. Now, they say when the comet ripped the sky, what is a comet ripping the sky? That represents communication. The comet ripping the sky is communication. Remember when they said that in the comet's going to rip the sky and it was uh, the comet Bennett? And that comet Bennett came through here in the 70s and uh, 70s and whatnot, and it brought a change, a whole nother era. That was messages being sent, transmission. All right? That's what that was. Intelligence, exactly. Shipping information or shipping intel. Excuse me, yeah, shipping intelligence. Shipping extended transmission. You see. And like I said, y'all ain't going to get it no place else after this like this. Because nobody has ever been able to explain the Beru and the Anunnaki and what that really means. Nobody. Until you're hearing it now. What it really means. And it was meant to be explained. This is what's talked about when it said that only a chosen person or a chosen one would be able to open the books and 
reveal them and tell you how, what they really mean. You see, you can speculate all you want to, but speculation means nothing. You have to back it up with logic and rational thought and whatnot, thus for it to resonate with the people and ring as true, as reality. And that's what's being done right now is being given to you as pure reality. We're not sugarcoating it. We ain't making it all spooky and all this other nonsense, all spiritual and all, you know, watered down, telling you how it really is from the projection point, from the blueprint, from the essence, as y'all say, the essence. Notice how you niggas love to use that word, the essence. What is the essence? The essence is the blueprint, the solar print. That's the essence. All right, so we got to get back to the essence. What's back to the essence? Back to the blueprint or forward to the blueprint, not back, because we tend to use back as we tend to use back instead of what we really mean to do is use forward. You see, there's no going back unless we want to. That's in time travel, but I'll talk about time travel another time. I think I did a broadcast on time travel. Might be time for upgrade, you know, maybe time for upgrade. Anyway, we'll be right back.
So I wanted to do this definitive on the bear root. I wanted to do this definitive on the bear root very much because it's needed. It's needed very much. And um, I wanted to take away the um, spookism of it, the, um, you know, the um, mystery of it, you know. That's what I wanted to do with it more than anything. Remove the mystery, the spookism, and everything. And give you the pure reality of it. To give you the pure reality of the reality of this Nibiru and these Anunnaki who are us. And I say, when I say us, I mean the elect of us. The elect of us. Not the reject, the rejected of us. The ones who have gotten comfortable here in the three-dimensional realm to where they actually believe they part of the human race. They actually believe that they are, and I'm using the word believe purposely. They actually believe that they are part of the human race. They actually believe they're the same as these humans. They actually believe that they're tied to us in some kind of way. And so because they believe that they have fallen into this gravitational submental pull, of circular frequency, circular frequency, rotating frequency, you see, they're not able to get extended or extended um, connection, transmission, they're not able to get it, it's broken, it's broken, and the only way to restore it is by raising the elect, the only way to restore it is by raising the elect, that's it. That's what we're ultimately here for. That's the only thing it's for. It's for nothing else. You know, it's for nothing else. And there will be nothing else in this time frame. So the image is being delivered to us. Right? The image is being delivered to us. Right? And... The image is being delivered to us because we have to become that living image. Now, follow what I mean? We have to become that living image. This is the school and the graduation period. Same way when we get to the 12th dimension, it's going to be the same graduation period, the same school, the same moment of truth, the moment of truth, the moment of reality of who we truly are. That's what the 12th dimension represents. That's what the third dimension represents with us right now. The moment of truth, the reality of who we are, who we really are. See, where the mask is off now, no more this, oh, we part of the human race and we part of the destiny of what's going to go on in creation. Those are the people, so their souls are gone, man. The, the light, the, the, the illumination is burned out of those people. They have truly become black people. So when we speak about Nibiru, we speak about uh, Anunnaki, and see, even those names, see, the Amun could have delivered this message. They could have had them deliver the message of them being the Amun beings and, and Ninbara and what that really means and the breakdown. That They could have did that. But they allowed the message to go out as Nibiru, Anunnaki, things like that. They allowed it to go out that way. 
Why? Because it's meant to be hidden and coded, and only those who are meant to hear it, listen to it, and break it down and receive it, that's what it's for. It ain't for all these people to break that down because, see, the ability to break this stuff down like I do with y'all, that's part of an extended transmission. We have to be able to process everything that is being told to us and either keep it and lay it out in the blueprint, the bigger picture, or disregard. Much of this stuff in the three-dimensional realm, you're going to have to disregard. Much of it. You see? And that's the reality of it. You see? Right. Right. We're going to have to disregard a lot of things. Right. We're going to have to disregard a lot of things in this three-dimensional realm as we are in a state of evolution. Because it is meant for us to disregard. It is meant for us to totally disregard the things that keep us pulled into the gravitation of this three-dimensional realm. Like I told y'all before, we're just moving through. We're just passing through. You see? We're just passing through. And like I said, a lot of you people that get hung up on the Nibiru without even really understanding it because it's just something else to blow your minds. Y'all need to really stop talking about it because, like I said, this is not about blowing minds. It's not about impressing nobody. This was a real transmission that came through that was meant to be made whole and complete for the elect of Amun who are being raised so that you know that this is where we're headed. You know, And like I said before, and I'm saying it again for you people who still trying to place Amun in Egypt. you still trying to place Amun in some start place. There is no start place for Amun. Amun has always been and always will be. Before Egypt, before Sumeria, before this earth, Amun was. This is what y'all don't get. Y'all just, like you niggas, just discovered Amun in Egypt. That's the problem. You just discovered Amun in Egypt. That's all. It don't mean that that's where Amun started. Prove to you that Amun didn't start there. Amun started in the above, in the upper, what you call the upper ethers, which is another way of saying in the upper dimensions. Amun is from there. Amun is the continuation, the constant and continuous flow of power, mind, body, soul, continuous going forward. That's the embodiment of us who are the Amun race. We are the embodiment of Amun. And we are continuous. We are ever living. We are eternal. So miss me with the old oh, Amun come out of Egypt. Why you keep saying Amun? If you ain't heard it now, then y'all don't need to listen to me no more. You should have been stopped listening. I don't know why you Negroes listen to me. You know you ain't really receiving it. You trying to make my words fit into your idea of what you got from the white man. That you try to pass off as your own. These niggas come kill me. They come up here. These niggas come up here trying to act like they want to teach on my page. Come in my comment section and talk about. Well, no, brother, see what it really. Is. No, you don't know what it is. Because if you had something to say, you go open your page and start teaching. I hate when these niggas do that, man. Pan, you start trying to teach and whatnot in my comment section, talking about what I don't understand, nigga. You don't understand nothing. If you understood something, why don't you go teach? See, that's when, you get the, that's when you get the people who are receivers and real teachers from the people who just playing games, who just want to be armchair uh, quarterbacks and try to be backup singers for the real transmission. They want to come put their two cents in. Well, for those of you who are going to come on my page and take your two cents, you could take it and shove it directly up your ass. This is real transmission, live feed. The hell with what you niggas talking about. 
I said it. You people in the comment section who got so much to say, I said it. Don't comment in my section if you coming to be contrary. I don't want to hear what you niggas got to say, man. That's all right. Just a little bit of raw and uncut. You know, just a little bit of raw and uncut. All right. So, but this is meant to be the future. This is meant to be the future ascension. You see. Exactly, but they never call and they got so much shit to say, but I, and I gave them the number over and over again, but they never call in, though. They never want to come on the air and say what they said to me in the comment section. That show you how much, that show you how much, uh, uh, that show you just how much, uh, 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 what they say, how much weight they were told. You see? But anyway, this is meant to be a preview of what is to come. You see, what to expect. You see, who we are. You see, this is a preview. And we have to align ourselves to that because the more we take ourselves out of alignment with the things, whether it's three-dimensional, the more we can align ourselves with the upper dimensional and we have a greater ultra-standing. That's why y'all were able to accept and receive and transmit process, you're able to process the things I told you about Nibiru and his connection with 12th dimensional Earth. That's all that is. Because, again, they're trying to, that, when the Sumerians were trying to describe 12th dimensional Earth, that's all Nibiru is. They were trying to, or planet Amun, I should say. They were trying to describe a future Earth, planet Amun in the 12th dimension. And what our people, the elect, become in the future. That's all they're describing. Am I making myself clear? That's all they're describing. They're describing us in the future. That's the Anunnaki, which is nothing but the Amun in the future. That's all. You know. So. So. Let me see. Where we at on time? And just though we know that the Amun are us in future tense and in the state because like I said we're representing the move even right now in the third dimension where we're moving we're still moving out of that we still we moved out of the second dimension of black being black and we're moving we moved into the third dimension as the bright race being illuminated right so now here's the actual motion toward the fourth dimension the real reason why we were given this knowledge we're being given this knowledge to prepare us for the fourth dimension, to prepare our children for the fourth dimension, to prepare us to be raised into an extended mindset. You see, you can't be raised into that extended mindset to receive the reception and the mental capabilities if your mind is still the same as when you came in here. If you're still a two-dimensional Negro, okay, Negro, Negroette, then, you, then this ain't for you, man. You're not gonna receive this. You're not gonna. You're not gonna align yourself with it. You're gonna be focused on stupid stuff, two-dimensional stuff. You'll try to bring your two-dimensional concerns into a three-dimensional and growing into a fourth-dimensional picture. You're gonna to try to bring your two-dimensional concerns, and nobody wants to hear your two-dimensional concerns or your two-dimensional ass opinions. Shout out to the comment section. But it's only a few clowns. I hate to get back to that again, but I'm just showing you what I'm saying. You see, and this is definitely gonna go up on YouTube. For the people who want to, you know, whatever, listen and comment and whatnot. So we have to, like I said, be mindful of why the account of Nibiru came to us, why it resonated with us, 
why did uh, the mentor, great mentor, Dr. Malachi Z. York, introduce Nibiru? He could have talked about anything, he, and he talked about anything for the most part, but he stayed on and he pushed toward Nibiru. All right. He stayed on and pushed toward Nibiru and the Anunnaki. All right. And their connection with us. You see, because he was one of the first people who did show the Anunnaki as bronze men and bronze women. He showed them that way. Even though on those walls in the ancient societies, they show you that these are bronze people. Right? All you got to do is look at the noses on them and the lips and the side profiles. Look at the nose and the lips on the Anunnaki. You could tell those are bronze people with the wings on their back and everything, performing experiments and everything. Right. That's what they're showing you, the state in which our people came down here and created human life. They're showing you right there in that account. But they tell you, but see, the problem the church and all them have with that is, number one, they didn't author it. It didn't come from them. And number two, it is truly giving the raw and uncut reason as to why your humans were created to work, to work, to serve the Amun, or what y'all call it, Anunnaki. Because, again, y'all, y'all don't even know who the Anunnaki is. That, even that name in itself is, is played out, Anunnaki. That's played out. You see, that belongs to Sumerian. That's why it's easy for me to slip Amun in there because, you know, Amun is not played out. Amun will never be played out. Amun will never belong to a time frame. See, Anunnaki, Nibiru, all that stuff belongs to a time frame. Amun don't belong to a time frame. That name is just as extended and and, and uh, um, unlocked to any dimensions than our people are. It's the same way our people are. You see, the Amun will always be. So let me go ahead and read this question before we get out of here. Is the uh, movable 12th planet, Nibiru, really the 12th dimensional planet? Amun, yes, it is. Yes, it is. That was just the Sumerians and their language. This is all their language. They're trying to describe, or, you know, they're trying to describe uh, um, what they saw Probably with some of the elders, what they saw, what they witnessed, what they experienced. They basically tried to describe that. Or, you know, for the most part, they picked up writings that were even older than them, and they were, you know, taking things down, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, this is ancient people trying to write down the future. They were trying to basically uh, prophesy in, in the talking about the Anunnaki and the 12th planet. All right. How do we know this? Because, again, this teaching would have never made its way to us, nor would it have had the impact on us if it was not about us. You notice we don't get all caught up in stuff that ain't got nothing to do with us. Now, do we? Not for real. Even when you so-called black people, y'all get caught up in the Bible and the Quran. And all that. Y'all ain't really caught up in that. Y'all just acting. A lot of y'all try to make yourself and force it on yourself like you like that stuff. You connected, but you you know when you ain't got no connection to something that ain't got because it ain't got nothing to do with you. You already know that. Anything that really has to do with your life and who you are as people, you're going to magnetically connect to that. 
So when you see these people who are connected to Islam, Christianity, Judaism, what they really saying is that's the best they could get, even the Pan-African Negroes. That what they're saying is, well, this is the best I could connect to. I can't really get with everything else. This is the best I, I, I feel a connection to, it, but this is the best. All that just means you limit it. That's all. That means you limit it. Certain people are connected force a connection. They try to force a connection because they can't find what they're connected to and they're not willing to out look outside of what the beast is giving them. Right? Why should we know this? Because this is part of our past, present, and our future eventually. What will become what will become what will or what will come as a result of knowing this? Knowledge of who we are and where we came from and where we're going. That's always the case, and the power that it's going to take to receive that and totally process that. How do we know this is real? Because it's really happening. That's how. Revolution, I mean, excuse me, revelation is happening. And if revelation is happening, that means evolution is taking place. Our lives are extending right now. Those of us who who are really here, we feel it. But that's it. We're going to close out in the name of Amen by the power of Amen and Amen we trust and Amen we thank. And Amen we continue forward forever. I am the intellectual Nubian Menkari. This has been Mental Radio. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow night at 10. Good night.